0: Welcome to the July 28th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on the energy sector in Angola and Cameroon, mining in the DRC and Mozambique, approval of the Timor-Leste 9th Constitutional Government Programme, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, And enjoy investing beyond borders. Joana, over to you.
1: We start this week's episode with news on two developments in which Miranda is proud to have been involved. The first is the direct award for the 1.4 billion US dollars solar project in Angola, won by the Portuguese group MCA, which operates in the areas of energy, infrastructure, urban development, and health, a company which is being advised by Miranda will build 48 solar mini grids with battery electricity storage in a project estimated to benefit about one million Angolans. This is not MCA's first renewable energy project in Angola. The group in partnership with Sun Africa was involved in the construction of the photovoltaic parks located in Biopu and Bahia Farta in the province of Bengala, inaugurated in July last year among many others. In total, the projects executed by the MCA Group in Angola are valued at over 2 billion US dollars, spread over about 20 projects. A Miranda Alliance team was also instrumental in the completion of the $335 million financial package for the construction of the Cabinda Refinery. The refinery is being developed by Gem Corp Holdings Limited in partnership with Sonangol and is worth 473 million US dollars. It is being financed in 138 million US dollars with resources already made available by its shareholders and in 335 million US dollars in the project financing format made available by a banking syndicate that includes the African Export-Import Bank, the Africa Finance Corporation, and a set of international and local financial institutions. The newly approved credit line covers the first phase of construction, which will allow the processing of 30,000 barrels of crude oil per day. Subsequently, the project's second phase will add another 30,000 barrels per day, bringing the total refining capacity to 60,000 barrels per day. With the completion of the financial package, Gemcorp has stated that it has all the conditions in place for the full implementation of the first phase of the Cabine de Refinery Works. Sonangol has announced that it will start drilling to reactivate two oil wells in Block Con 11 in the Kwanza onshore basin in August. These assets have the potential to contribute to the growth of production operated by the company, raising it from 2.0 to 10% of the total of the Angolan oil industry. The Tobias field where the block is located was discovered in 1961 with an initial volume of 94.3 million barrels, and operated until 1996, when it was abandoned with 28.95 million barrels produced, with the remaining 65.35 million barrels. Azula Energy, the independent joint venture combining BP and DNI's businesses in Angola, announced the signing of an agreement with Afrintha for the sale of the participating interest in Blocks 305 and 305A in the shallow waters of the Lower Congo Basin. The transaction valued at 48.5 million US dollars includes a deferred contingent payment of up to 36 million US dollars. The disposal of Azul Energy's non-operated interests in these shallow water blocks is in line with the company's strategic focus on core assets in Angola while reducing its carbon footprint. Also under the company's strategy, Azul Energy plans to invest around 2 billion US dollars per year over the next 36 months in oil and non-associated gas production projects. These amounts will be invested in the new gas consortium and Agogo projects with the first gas expected in July, 2026. Angola and the Democratic Republic of the Congo have signed a milestone oil and gas agreement for the Chevron-operated Block 14. This historic agreement will see to the exploration and production of hydrocarbons in the common interest zone located in their maritime border with Angola and the DRC taking a 30% stake each, while Global Energy Major and Block operator Chevron is taking a 40% stake. The agreement marks a major milestone in the collaboration between the two African nations and holds immense significance for both countries. For Angola, the deal enables the country to leverage its experience as a major oil producer to grow both its domestic market and the regional economy, while for the DRC, this represents a breakthrough in the country's pursuit of new oil supplies and joint development opportunities. The Democratic Republic of the Congo struck another major deal. The country's national mining corporation Sakima and the United Arab Emirates signed a US$1.9 billion US dollars contract to develop at least four mines in the eastern regions of South Kivu and Maniema. The Congolese peristatal has mining concessions containing tin, tantalum, tungsten, and gold. However, no details on which minerals were covered by the deal were given. The new deal comes after the DRC signed a 25-year contract in December with UAE firm Primera Group over export rights for some artisanal mined ores. In Cameroon, the government announced that the Dam currently under construction in Cameroon's central region will be fully operational in September 2024, thus being able to deliver its full 420 MW capacity from that date. According to the project timetable, the power plant's other six units will be progressively operational over the course of 2024 to reach commercial operation of the facility in September 2024. By this date, all generating capacity will have been installed and operational. The plant will provide 420 megawatts of power, enabling an annual electricity production of around 2,970 gigawatts to be fed into the southern interconnected grid. In Côte d'Ivoire, oilfield services provider Petrofac has been awarded a facilities management contract by CNR International, under which it will deliver integrated services for the offshore Espoir Ivoirien FPSO vessel. The multi million pound contract will span an initial three year period. The vessel had been sold to CNR International by BW Offshore. In June this year for 20 million US dollars, and the transition process should be finalized by the end of the month. The governments of Equatorial Guinea and Nigeria have expressed interest in the joint development of the regional oil and gas sector, with the countries looking at formalizing a partnership to support investment, regional employment, and trade, with the establishment of a joint logistics base and the deployment of indigenous capacities across countries. According to the Equatorial Guinea government, this would allow for Nigerian oil and gas companies to use Equatorial Guinea's port infrastructure to launch their activities in the regional sector, thereby improving competitiveness and reducing the costs of oil and gas operations for both countries. Mozambique and the United Arab Emirates are negotiating a comprehensive economic partnership agreement for the creation of a free trade area in the markets of goods, services and investments intending to promote bilateral non-oil trade between the two countries. It was advanced that there are several opportunities for closer economic integration between the two countries, especially in the areas of agriculture, tourism, infrastructure, technology and renewable energy, especially considering the strategic, geographical and logistical position of the United Arab Emirates on the one hand and the vast natural and human resources of Mozambique on the other. In the mining sector, Mozambique is launching a magnetite production and processing industry, a mineral of extreme importance for the coal, iron and steel industries. The factory, to be built in the Tete province, under the presidential initiative Industrialize Mozambique, can produce 75,000 tons of this mineral per year. Triton Minerals offered an update on the definitive feasibility study for its Anquab graphite project in Cap Delgado province, noting operational and financial improvements. The processing plant will increase its production capacity by 1.2 million tons per year, an increase of 200,000 tons. This will increase graphite production rates to 60,000 tons of graphite per year, while the previous study predicted this increase at 60,000 tons. The study expects mining itself to cost 7.6 million US dollars, with project costs of 9.7 million US dollars and infrastructure costs of 23 million US dollars. According to Kenmar Mozambique, which produces titanium minerals at the MoMA mine in Mozambique, is considering a US$30 million share buyback program in line with their capital allocation policy. Although production in 2023 came in lower than expected, at the lower end of its 1.05 to 1.15 million tonne guidance, the cash generation remains strong. In order to better respond to digital crimes and keep up with the latest technology developments, the National Institute of Information and Communication Technologies of Mozambique is currently in the process of reviewing the proposed law on cybersecurity. According to the Institute, the consultation process aims to contribute to the dynamization of the digital economy by promoting security in electronic transactions and preventing theft. The development of the first floating ocean thermal energy conversion platform in sao Juan Duane-Prisp is progressing with the hiring of Portuguese Consulting, Aquilogos Engenharia e Ambiente, for environmental and social impact assessment by the United Nations Industrial Development Organization. The organization's support is provided in the context of the Green Climate Fund, financed project building institutional capacity for renewable energy and energy efficiency investment program for saint meant The first-of-a-kind 1.5 megawatts floating OSEC platform being developed by UK-based company Global OTEC is expected to be deployed in 2025 and offers the potential to be upscaled to 10 megawatts during the second phase. In Senegal, first oil from the Sangomar project has been delayed to mid-2024 due to the identification of remedial work being required on an FPSO vessel intended for the project. Following a cost and schedule review by its Australian operator Woodside, once concluded and delivered to Woodside, The FPSO, which will have the capacity to process 100,000 barrels of oil per day, will be moored in approximately 780 meters of water and will be located approximately 100 kilometers south of Dakar. The total cost of the project is now expected to fall between 4.9 and 5.2 billion U.S. dollars, an increase of 7 to 13 percent from the previous cost estimate of 4.6 billion. The Sangomar Field Development Phase one will be Senegal's first offshore oil project. Spanish construction company TSK, which provides sustainable solutions to the industrial and energy sectors, has teamed up with LFR Energy, a subsidiary of LFR, a Senegalese holding company that invests in energy, hotel, and real estate projects to build the Sandiana Power Plant, a gas-to-electricity facility located in Senegal's Special Economic Zone. The power plant comprises a combined cycle power plant and has a capacity of 316 MW and an estimated annual production capacity of 2,900 gigawatts. Part of the electricity generated will be dedicated to the needs of the CES, while surplus energy will be exported to neighboring West African countries. Construction is scheduled to start in 2024, and the plant should be operational by 2026. Timor-Leste welcomed Portuguese Prime Minister António Costa this week, his first official visit to the Asian nation, and the first by a foreign head of government since the new Timorese executive took office, on 3 July. The visit will deepen bilateral relations between the two countries, particularly in the economic domain, as well as the domain of the Portuguese language, mobility, sustainable development, and responses to global challenges, Timor-Leste also hosted the Chinese Vice Minister of Foreign Affairs Nong Hong to strengthen the cooperation between the two countries. The meeting with his Timorese counterpart Milena Rangel aimed to find ways to work with the new government to strengthen cooperation in the fields of economic development, human resources training, defense and security. In order to strengthen diplomatic relations between the two countries, as well as to reiterate the commitment to support Timor-Leste to become a full member of the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, Singapore's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Vivian Balakrishnan, also met with the President of the Republic, José Ramzarta. The head of state also met with the Director of the Asian Development Bank, Stefania Dia, to discuss the importance of cooperation in various fields, from the country's accession to ASEAN to the sustainability of infrastructure, from water supply to the development of agriculture. The National Parliament of Timor-Leste unanimously approved the program of the 9th Constitutional Government. During the debate on the government's program, Prime Minister Shinane Gouznal highlighted the need to invest in road infrastructure and water supply. According to the head of government, The Government Infrastructure Development Programme includes the repair of damaged roads, with a particular emphasis on those connecting the administrative ports to the municipal capitals. Shadana Goujman also announced the creation of a Renewable Natural Resources Office to implement projects that contribute to meeting some of the population's needs.
0: Enjoy this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be suspending our podcast over the next month as we move into the summer holiday season, returning in September with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Joana Graça Moura from our Lisbon office and Luís Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.